guess that you never need it. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. <laughs> What's up, Joe? Hey, man. What's going on? Well, as you know, just finished a really fun episode of Sports Cards Live with Peter Ianacelli. What? What? what I mean, whew. Yeah. Like what? I don't know. I I left that episode. I said to him, you know, that was so much fun. Like two hours went by so fast, and I just feel like I just felt like you know. I was due for a, an episode like that, kind of going back to the roots and just a nice collector episode. No, no, you know, hobby infrastructure, no market talk, no drama, you know, just a good collector episode. And what a great collector he is. Uh, let's, let's, what were some of your takeaways? Yeah. I mean, refreshing in a word. And, uh, analysis is paralysis i feel like we're we're doing so much analysis these days it's nice to get nice to get back to the roots of enjoying you know the hobby and the cards um i really liked early on in the show he said something about the slow ride of collecting vintage and i that really resonated for me because i feel like long before you know we all got caught up with the glittery shiny stuff um you know we were it was like the older the better as far as i was concerned and and going back and 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 feeling like these things are antiques or you know relics if you will like actually relics not like a, a, an insert named relics which you know no disparagement on on modern stuff at all but like i don't know i just it was it was refreshing to kind of hear somebody that was you know i mean he's still reasonably young too but he knew a, a lot about um, the, the, the vintage era, the, the pre-war era and the appreciation. And, um, he said something kind of funny, or maybe it was Lee Haskins. I think it was Lee Haskins, something about like, I read about Ruth, you know, and people were talking about, I had a conference and, and that's so true. Like I never saw Lou Gehrig play, but I read about him, you know, I read about Jackie Robinson and, and so they, they, they did seem very much, um, personable to me, relatable to me. And uh, so, yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, some of the conversations that we've had previously and that came up in that episode about how, how will people understand the vintage market moving forward, the older players, history, all of that. Um, to me, it was really an encouraging show um, and, and kind of stoked the fire of, of, you know, getting back to, to the roots of, of why I collect. Yeah. Well, first of all, and possibly most importantly, nice hat. <laughs> Saturday night. Saturday night, sports cars live. A couple of couple, we have a few people watching. They're poor, they're 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 spilling in here. But uh this is this is our friend Tim McInerney from Slab Strong, who's uh joined the show. Great to see you. I think you're in Dallas right now, so hopefully you're having a great show so far. He says, There we go, Slab Strong. He says, Joe owns a card that I consider a grail. There hmm. you go. Do you know what card he's talking about? Oh, I do. It's uh, the Duke Kahanamaku uh, card. Um, maybe I can find it. It's the the Sports Kings Gaudi 
um, and Duke being a surfer as well as an Olympic swimmer. And I think, I think Tim's starting to think about it in relation to, you know, his, his um, brawny advertisements. God, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mark Santucci's here. Lapper says, okay, but are you guys going to talk about graphs in the market, right? No, I don't think so. Purple Haze, what's going on? And uh, he confirms it's the Duke. Very nice. Very nice. Well, welcome everybody who is joining us to the late, the late show, the after hours show. It's, uh, it's late. I mean, it's, it's, uh, listen, even out East, it's only 20 after midnight. And I know, I know a lot of them are uh, just getting started. We got, we got some night owls in this hobby for sure. Adam Holgate, good to see you back. Bobby, what are you saying here? If your grandfather played on a team which ends, which the cards are incorrectly dated, it would then matter to the players and or the families, the family rank. Uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much. Listen, I, I know it's important. I know it's important to have the right date on things, but I don't know. I'm not, I, it's not, it doesn't, doesn't, I don't get bent about it, you know, like it's, it's it's still nice to be accurate, so I'll I'll definitely give it that. So yeah, that was that was fun with uh, with Peter again. Great collector, really enjoyed that discussion and his his energy, just his energy, right? He's giddy about the hobby, and that's what more can you ask for? Totally. And uh, props to Bobby. The veracity of history is an important concept, um, but. Um, with regards to Peter, I think, um, good enough. <laughs> yeah. The, the story that he told, it was a little like Rip Van Winkle, you know, like kind of like falling asleep, like, okay, you know, let's see what happens. And then he wakes up and he owns a T206 autographed Cobb. And I mean, to me, you know, I, I don't dabble in that kind of high-end product, so I don't really know. But seeing some of the other cards that have gone for, you know, six figures, I think that's a very good investment. I mean, it's a museum piece, let's be honest. And I also understand, you know, your position, although I think we could maybe try and gently sway you over, over time. But, um, you know, the, the, the intersectionality between an actual vintage card and a player signing that card is really, um, to me, something that is um, elevates, amplifies the value. And so the backstory that he had and the provenance that he shared with us, where it was Ty Cobb's friend who sent it to Ty Cobb, and Ty Cobb sent it back to them. Him, I mean, if that if that story is true, I mean, and and I have no reason to believe it's not. Like that's such a great story in the midst of you know, we have to be dubious. We have to be skeptical about, you know, how did this get signed? Somebody mentioned the SGC stuff. So anyway, I, I just love the story. I loved how he kind of walked into it somewhat blindly, didn't do his homework. I mean, he did his homework. You know, the hay was in the barn. He knew that that was a card he wanted in his collection and he went for it. I like the story. I like that, that as you called it, the Rip Van Winkle, where he went to sleep. Hey, it was late. He was tired, right? But there's something, there's something, there's there's a a reward involved in going to sleep with that thought in your head that, am I going to win this or not? And I'm not going to know until I wake up, you know, six to nine hours late or whatever it is. 
and find out. And then you wake up. And as soon as you wake up, you know, you wake up like you do every day. And probably within a, within a second or two, it, 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 you remember that I win the card, you know, and now, now you have that, that excitement. This might be the most exciting moment in the whole journey of buying and owning a card is that moment when you want to know if you actually own it or not, you know, like did my, is my bid big enough? And so when he, when he woke up that morning and he thought to himself, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that's an exciting thing. And then to find out you want it within your budget, pretty, pretty cool, fun story. Uh, Bobby makes a great comment here. We're all getting giddy with the expo around the corner and that's for people going. And of course, with the national also around the corner, really only a few weeks later. So yeah, I think the hobby is getting, I, I know I'm giddy for both expo and national. Just actually today we booked my flight to the national. I don't have a flight coming home yet, but I have a flight going there. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited for that. Uh, Mark wants to oh, hey, Joe, are you, do you like the Dallas Stars? And if not, who's your favorite NHL hockey team? You know, is there- I, it, it, it'd probably be the Sharks just because of proximity. Um, I'm in Santa Cruz, so San Jose is just a hop, skip, and a jump. But I, I do, and it, it's only because of the drop. I do the, the, the Oilers, you know, the, the Houston Oilers with that drop, I find them a, a compelling franchise. <laughs> Baron, I, I was thinking you were going to say the Calgary Flames. No, I mean, maybe on your behalf, I am rooting for the Flames this year. What's the, what's the uh, series at now? Is it 1-1? It's 1-1 after last night. Yeah, we have a serious, we have a best of five on our hands now, the Battle of Alberta. It's uh, <clears throat> The hockey playoffs have been so good this year, and Connor McDavid has been outstanding. He he. So I actually recorded. I watched the game last night with a couple of buddies, and at one point during an, I think it was it was during the intermission between the second and third period, uh, the commentator, one of them was Kelly Rudy. Kelly Rudy is a broadcaster now, but he played goalie for the LA Kings. I think he played 700 games with Wayne Gretzky on the, on the team with Gretzky. So Kelly Rudy is a, he's a hockey expert. He knows what he's talking about. And he went on this whole speech about Connor McDavid. Now he is, he is the best player in the world. And it's not even close. He said it two or three times last night. I recorded it. I had my buddy rewind so I could record it. And I'm going to try and put it on my Instagram or something, because it's important for people to recognize that, Right now is a moment in history in hockey where we are witnessing the best player in the world who is so far and away the best player, similar to how Wayne Gretzky was so far and away the best player. I mean, with an exception for Mario Lemieux, who was right up there as well in his prime and when, you know, which was, he had a long prime. But I mean, we are fortunate right now to be seeing the quality of hockey we're seeing. And Kelly Rudy went on to say that, I, I think he said that one, I think it was the last game of the Calgary-Dallas series. He says, this might be the best hockey game I've ever seen. This is a guy who was on the ice for 700 games with Wayne Gretzky. And that's the best game he's ever seen. Like, just a huge, huge statement. So, if you want to get into hockey, now is the time. You can see some amazing games. And uh, just the skill on display is phenomenal. So, Do you guys have a young goalie, uh, Jake Odinger? Otinger? That's the doubt. That's doubt. That's doubt. We beat him. But okay. he was the reason, he's the reason why we went seven games with them and like into overtime on game seven, 
We peppered him. I think the scoring chances were like 120 for Calgary to 60 for Dallas. Wow. Like that's an, the shot attempts. That's an amazing advantage. And yet we only beat them three to two because this guy stood on his head. So if anyone's looking for a hockey goalie to prospect on, Jake Odinger for the Dallas Stars is the guy. Like the guy is unbelievable. Un he might be the next coming of, people say they remind him of, he reminds them of Carey Price who was a hobby darling for over 10 years. He's he's not so much anymore, but yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Just crazy how good hockey is right now. So I'll go to some comments though. Hits and Chicks, first of all, says Joe for Prez. I don't know who this is. It might be Jordan. It's somebody from Clubhouse in any event. Justin Vick in the house. I can't sleep when I have an auction pending for a $3 card. I, I hear that. Yes, Flames Lapper, you know it. Baseball card, that's Baz, I believe. Uh, good evening and welcome to the show. Purple Haze, Baz is a, a, a you know very active on Clubhouse now. I haven't been myself, but I, I know he is. Purple Haze, I bought two Kobe SSP cards in my sleep this week. Woke up and they won. Good for you. Congratulations. And Lapper says, the real question is Sid versus, so Crosby versus McDavid. I don't know about that one. Hart says Sid, but I just don't know. Well, listen, I can answer this for you. At this point in time, McDavid, I think, is the better player. I think McDavid's skills are, are just better than Crosby's ever were. But Crosby, you know, and McDavid is great, but Crosby just has the better career. He has the Stanley Cups. He has the golden goal. He For a long time, he was the best player in the league. You know, he's still a great player, but, you know, Connor McDavid is just on another level. Um, so that, I, I'm going to kind of answer it that way, but yeah, Sidney Crosby is a true hero. He, he earned, he earned hero status in Canada. He probably, he has hero status in Pittsburgh too. Is it two or three cups? I, I think it's three. Someone correct me. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on that, but Rich Barone, welcome my brother, Rich, are you coming? You're coming up for the expo. Of course, I don't need to ask that rich, but we do have a reservation for Jack Astor's on Thursday at 8 p.m. after the show ends. I'll get there by about 8.15. Everyone's invited. The, the reservation is in my name. So if you get to Jack Astor's, check my Instagram story. The address is on there right now. Want to see you all there. Three cups for Crosby. Definitely want to see the mayor of Canada, Rich Barone, there. But thank you, Daniel, for confirming. Three cups for Crosby. Connor McDavid had zero. Crosby's got, he, he's got heart trophies for most valuable. He's got Art Ross trophies for the most points in the, in the, in, in the league. Probably has a con Smythe as most valuable player in the Stanley Cup final playoffs or in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's a great discussion. I think they're both awesome. Daniel, you'll do your best to be at Jack's. Do better than your best. I want you there, brother. I want you there. The mayor will be there. Good to hear. Good to hear. Lapper, you better be coming too. You say McDavid does just just does absolutely amazing things with speed. I don't think he has the puck protection bit. Yeah, right. I think Crosby has a more complete game, but McDavid is. He's just so darn good. Just so good. So I had a couple cards come in. Actually, I had some cards come in today. I went to my P.O. box and and lo and behold, I had three bubblers in there. And I wasn't even I kind of wasn't expecting them. I kind of forgot about it. I, you know, I knew they were coming, but one of them got here faster than I thought it would. And so did the other one. Actually, this one came from Probstein. It came really quick. You'll know this card, Joe, because actually talk about hoarding it's the second copy i have of it now so i picked up this guys i picked up this on ebay from nice. this is, yeah yeah 
I remember when we were, yeah, that's an ultimate, right? It's the ultimate, Upper Deck Ultimate Collection, game used patch, Tom Brady. This is the, the first copy I have is a graded version. I don't even remember what grade it is, but this is, this card is from 2005, Ultimate Collection. And, you know, listen, it's a two color with a piece of red thread dangling in there. So I think it's legit a three color patch. It's out of 50 game used Brady and full full New England uniform. I just love the aesthetics of this card. So I jumped on it. You know, it was cheaper than the graded version I have. That copy, I think, is a four color, though. So it's even better. But I just couldn't I couldn't leave it. I'm like, that's such a good card. So I grabbed it. So that came in today. And then also, this is a card I traded for. Is, What's that, Joe? Is that one numbered? The the Brady? Yeah. Whoop. Stay in there. Yeah, it's numbered nine of fifty. You can see it down at the bottom. Wow, great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nine of fifty. And then here's a card that I traded for with uh with a buddy of mine, a local buddy. He's not local anymore. He's moved out to, to BC. But I've had a card that he's wanted for a long time. It's an it, it was a Evgeny Malkin, who is Crosby's like winger for many of the, these guys scored a ton of points together. Malkin, if it wasn't for Crosby, he'd be much more well-known. He's a great player. But um, I had a SP Authentic limited auto patch out of 10 of his. And this buddy of mine, Sean, was collecting that set. So then he asked me about it every year or so. And finally this time I'm like, oh yeah, I'll let it go. So we made a trade and I ended up getting this guy right here. This is a 2011, the cup. Mario Lemieux signature patch on card auto number. It's a short print out of 35 because these are usually out of 75 this year, but a, a beautiful auto. It's a one color patch, but at least it's yellow. It's a nice piece and it's in a BGS nine holder. So pretty decent. So I traded for this and there were a few other moving parts, but um, yeah, happy to grab that. That came today pretty hey, quick. Did that have an auto grade? Did, did it get a nine or a 10? It got a 10 on the reverse, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I love that on-card auto. Sometimes they'll ding you if the auto is bordering right on the, the border, and I couldn't quite tell if the auto – oh, yeah, he got it right on there. Nice. Oh, nice. yeah. And, and beautiful pen strokes there, bold blue. Yeah, like he pushed down appropriately. It's still that nice bright blue. It hasn't started to fade into that darker blue you sometimes see. Uh, just a just a beautiful card and, and just a clean, clean card, right? Like, yeah, Killer. it's, it's yeah. a beauty. Beautiful. I'd obviously prefer if there was some black and white in the patch, but hey, you know, it's okay. It's still a great Lemieux auto well, Again, you know, I'm not even going to front. I'm not a big hockey guy, but for some reason I do associate Mario Lemieux with that color. Like, yeah. No, you're right. It, it does. It's good that it's, it's good that that's the one color. If it was white or black, I would not have near, been nearly as excited for it. I still probably would have been willing to acquire it, but it, it's a lot nicer this way. Uh, Rich Barone says Tavares, who plays for the Maple Leafs, will never win the cup. It's the curse of the mayor. Because so Rich Barone is a huge New York Islanders fan, lifelong Islanders fan, and uh, season ticket holder. And they had John Tavares. He was a rookie in 09-10, and he uh, he defected that team to go to the Maple Leafs, which is his hometown. And Rich is Rich just isn't willing to forgive him. So, and that's okay, Richie. Lapper says, we live in an amazing time. I'm not sure we'll see such a ridiculous disparity between the best player in the league, McDavid, and the next. Take your pick. Who might be, it, it might be one of the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche, either Nathan McKinnon or Kale McCarr. I mean, I've heard Kale McCarr being spoken in the same sentences as Connor McDavid. Now that's high praise. 
And then of course you've got Crosby Ovechkin, you've got you've got lots of Austin Matthews, but you're right. It, I, I think Lapper's right. It's not really close. Daniel says smart time to buy Brady. Thanks. Holgate says nice Lemieux. Thank you. Daniel, my uh Mario has a sweet auto. Triple B. Thank you. Sweet pickup. Matthews number two in your you are in the Toronto area though, Daniel. So how much of that is uh is bias? And I, I asked that legitimately asked that. How much of that is bias or or do you truly believe that? And I'm not arguing it. I mean, you know, Crosby and Ovechkin are sort of the last generation and they're still both great, but they're not at their at their peak anymore. So yeah, Matthews is up there. Matthews, McKinnon, Kale McCarr, they're up there for sure. Irving Monero, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show. Good to see you. It's earlier in it's earlier in California. He's not biased, honest. Okay, good to know. Good to know. And Mark Santucci says, I associate Guy Lafleur, Rod Gilbert, and Ken Dryden. Ah, interesting, interesting. Bobby says, also a Leafs fan, says Matthews has best hands. That's it? Okay, and he does have great. I mean, you don't score 60 goals without great hands, that's for sure. And he's not even here. Who's your favorite Maple Leaf then, Daniel? Who's your favorite? Is it Marner? Is it Mark Giordano? <laughs> I just say that because he's uh, from. he played in Calgary for so long. Well, we got more people, uh, more people here with us now. Rich says, "Will there ever be another player like Gretzky in your eye?" I mean, listen, it's McDavid. He's that next. He's there will never be another player like Gretzky because we'll never go back to those days of that the the, the equipment they used to wear, the size of the goalies versus the size of the, the the nets. I mean, it's just a different game now, in my opinion. McDavid is as close as we'll get. But I'd love to hear like Bobby's thoughts on that, Daniel's thoughts on that, anyone else out there who's a hockey guy, love to know your thoughts on, on, on Rich's question right there. Marner's your favorite. Yeah, Marner's great. And too bad he got, Marner was uh, the victim of a carjacking last week. Like after they got knocked out of the playoffs, he's okay, but that's just, that's just crazy. Okay. I had a few, I had three more cards come all from one seller on eBay. These are all rare hockey inserts. They're actually all Easter egg. They're all Opeachy Easter egg. So I picked up the Ovechkin Glow Peachy. This was a very rare card from 1617. It actually glows in the dark. If you charge it in the sun, all the yellow from the background of the player, the, the words Opeachy, the words Glow Peachy and his name, they will all glow in the dark as well as the that thin yellow border around there. So these are really cool. And Fair I enough. Others, so I grabbed it. It's neat. What year, what year is that? It's uh, 2016. Okay. And then these are the 2014 Easter eggs. I picked up two of them. These are uh, Opeachy 3Ds. I picked up the Matt Sundin, speaking of the Maple Leafs, and the Yaramir Yager, who is an all-time legend. So that was my mail day for the week, adding to my rare insert collection with, with these three, adding to my Tom Brady patch collection which we talked about several months now joe and i actually talked about that quite a bit even on one episode and then this card here i'm not yet sure if this is going going into my limbo collection which are cards i'm not sure i'm keeping for myself or if this will be on my table at the toronto expo two weeks from now i do not yet know haven't made that decision yet but i i do really like this card so we'll see we will see you know, um, just just to add on to the Brady acquisition, which uh, I think it was what was it, about maybe six months ago that um, you you sort of had a bee in your bonnet. You said, you know, I Joe, I think uh, Tom Brady 
you know, game used jerseys might be a play. And I was like, Ooh, so I, I took a look and, and there was a few active auctions and uh, you, you pulled the, the multicolored patches and you're, you're so good at like locating them and then zeroing in. I got a few myself. I mean, maybe two or three. And uh, as somebody mentioned in the chat earlier, you know, that looks like a pretty good play now. I mean, with Brady coming back yet again, um, you know, that kind of return um, and, and Brady being so goatish, I think, uh, and add the extra emphasis on, I think there will be a time where game used jerseys, truly game used jerseys of goats are more and more revered. And so, you know, to get the prime pieces of the jersey and a nice presentation with a, you know, a, a, a iconic company like Upper Deck, I, I think those are fabulous plays. And even though I didn't, I was like a step down from you, I'm pretty happy with, I don't know where they are. I can't show them right now, but I was pretty happy with the, uh, the, the few Brady's. They were more like napkin cards, but they were, they're still game used jerseys from, you know, the early 2000s. So um, over time, I think those are going to be fun to own and, and, and look at and uh, hold their value quite well. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think I have four total Brady patch cards now, all from the, like the two thousands. I wanted to stay early enough and not get, I don't want any of the current, I don't want any of the prism stuff. I want the first decade of the first few years of his career. If I can, I just think they make for great cards and this design on this, for this particular year here, just a, I just love the design and it's familiar to me because there's hockey. They did a hockey set with yeah, a similar basketball. design. Yeah, basketball as well. I mean, it is a very right. familiar design. Yep. Totally, totally. Let's go to some comments here. Irving says, go Kings, go. But they're out of the, they're out though, unfortunately, to the LA Kings or to the Edmonton Oilers, which allowed us to set up this, this epic battle of Alberta, which hasn't happened in the playoffs in 30 years. Wow, sir. So pretty, it's pretty big for this province here. You know, we have provinces, not states. And we've got, you know, Calgary and Edmonton, we're, we're a three-hour drive from each other, straight north-south. So and is it a match or a game? It's a game. It's a game. It's a game. Okay, just yeah. check. Just check. <laughs> Rich Brown, no Easter egg. I, Rich, yeah, I don't collect the Islanders. You know that. But I like Barzal. He's a good player. Adam tells me to bring the Lemieux to Expo. I'd say it's a good chance. I will. Excuse me. Rich Barone wants to know, what does Joe collect? I'll let you speak to it, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I'm vintage baseball are my roots. And then, um, you know, just over time, whatever, you know, I, I've been collecting uh, more Golden State Warriors uh, just because I'm a fan of the Warriors. So Curry, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, Mays, Clemente, uh, Jackie, Satchel. But I, I do have a few things to show maybe when, when we get to that point. Um, I'm oh, pretty hey. I'm pretty collective, Rich. I'm pretty collective. Okay, well, all right. Um, so so I went down to Southern California, you know, about a six-hour sojourn for me. Um, and and uh I was driving down to see my father, and uh, you know, he uh Burbank sports cards is literally like right on the waves down there seeing another friend as well. Um and uh, what's great about Burbank is they literally will just like, um, I mean, I won't say they take anything, but I brought, I brought my handy Pelican case full of things that I just, I, I literally like threw it together in all of like 45 minutes. Like, okay, here's some cards I don't want. Let's see what I can do at Burbank. So I bring it in there and uh, 
you know, I know, I know Rob, you know, Rob, I hope Rob comes on the show sometime. He's fantastic. Uh, Ryan, his son, um, amazing mind there who, you know, every time I go there, he's incredibly gracious with his time, his expertise. We talk about, you know, we actually talked about the the T206 Cobb that I had submitted at the Mint. And, you know, he was real curious to know what it ended up grading at because I cracked it out of an SCD case. Um, and uh, anyway, really, really smart kid. But then uh, they have another guy there at the counter just for basic trade named Raymond. And Ray, Ray is uh, is an expert there. So anyway, he cashed me out at like, you know, something that seemed eminently fair. And I was like, okay, I got some, I've got some ample trade here at Burbank. And I just, I really wanted one card. So I was like, you know, because it's like, that's what we do, right? I mean, sometimes we consolidate if you're, if you've been collecting for a long time, it's nice to add something um, significant to your collection that you maybe didn't have. And I'm not a soccer collector per se, but I do recognize greatness. And, um, you know, Ronaldo and Messi are the two goats in soccer. I mean, obviously Pele and you got, you know, all the different historical soccer players, but I saw a card in the case that I really liked. Sorry, that was a long intro, long interim. And um, it, it was a, a Ronaldo auto patch card from select um, graded a, a gem mint 10 by PSA and an auto is a nine. And unfortunately it's really hard to find a Ronaldo card that is on card auto, um, those will run you into the five figures. Um, this is a this is a sticker card, but it's a pretty full, as far as Ronaldo's um, auto goes, it's a pretty full version on a sticker. It does cut off the card a little bit, but I liked it enough. I like the game used jersey, um, 2017 select, kind of an early um, time in the run. And I, and I just, you know, pretty much it worked out perfectly with, with the trade I brought, you know, a bunch of cards that I was completely open to parting with. And then I get, you know, a Ronaldo card. So this is now my, my Ronaldo card, you know, all time goals leader in the sport of soccer, football. So pretty, pretty, pretty cool, pretty happy with that. And uh, yeah, numbered out of 40. So Ronaldo. Nice. It's nice. It's nice to be. It's nice when you can move. Listen, our our, our PCs are so, some. No, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but for many of us, our PCs have a por a portion of our PCs are fluid. You know, there are some cards that are like, you know, uh, coffin cards. I think we're calling them right. But there yep. are some cards that are PC, but you know, you might get tired of them. And I I I enjoy going through my collection every so often. Maybe twice a year and kind of saying, okay, do I still like reevaluating my need to own these cards and, and also making room for new ones, not just like I'm talking about making room. Like there's only so much capacity where I store my cards, you know? Ooh. So yeah. Right. It's, it's nice. I, you know, there's some people that only want a hundred cards in their collection. So you want a new card, you what's coming out. Right. I think that's a neat way to collect, but it's okay to be fluid, but isn't it a nice feeling, Joe, when you can kind of move out of cards that you really know you don't want anymore and, and add one or, or however many that you really love and like reignite your passion? It, it, it does feel very clearing. There must be like a feng shui about it. Like you, you're, you're, you know, it, because it, I don't want to say it's clutter, but you know, all the cards in my collection occupy a certain amount of space in my brain. 
You know, I'm, I'm constantly trying to think, where are they? You know, when might I need to access them depending on what's going on with, you know, the hobby or my own, you know, finances, et cetera. So yeah, it, it is, there, there's something wonderful about, you know, and getting a card that you want, right? Like targeting a card that's going to mean more to you and, and, you know, you're going to be able to enjoy, you know, so, so that, that was cool. And then the other couple I was going to show Jeremy, I, um, you know, we, we barely talked to each other since the mint, man. It's like, I miss you. She's, um, but, uh, I was at the mint. I hadn't really planned to submit cards, but there was um, a company there, uh, Jim Mint. They're out of Fort Lauderdale and they, they do PSA submissions. Leighton actually stopped by to help me with the cob um, because I was cracking that cob out. But I had a few other um, raw cards on me at the time. And so I just submitted them regular submission to um, through, through um, Jim Mint and they, um, you know, reg, you know, regular, uh, regular submission, I guess it, it ended up being six weeks and they were really good. They like updated me. They sent me updates and, um, good rate. So anyway, I got a few cards back from this. The first is this, um, Penny Hardaway noise boys. Um, so right. that's, that's a little bit of what I collect rich. I mean, among other things, um, you know, nineties basketball never go wrong. So it came back a nine. Um, this card, it's hard to do justice. If you, if you hold one of these noise boys in hand, which I know you have, I think you have, don't you have like a shack 10 or something? I think it's a nine shack. I have a, I have a shack. Yeah. They're gorgeous cards. Um, but I didn't know what it was going to come back at um, because they're, you know, they're, they're die cut in, in a very interesting way. So um, came back a nine. I was totally happy with that. Pretty low pop count. And then the other one was um, this metal championship uh, galaxy KG big ticket Garnett. And this one also came back a nine, sorry. Um, but yeah, this is another nineties insert, um, which uh, galaxy. And then lastly, this one didn't come back quite as high. I didn't really expect it to, but this is a Michael Jordan um, scoring magnet, really cool um, foil on the front. Um, and this one came back a seven. So um this one's 95 metal. Um, so not, not quite as high of a grade, but these are all PC cards for me. And, and I it's cool to get them slabbed. Um, and I'm pretty stoked at, uh, how they graded out and, uh, yeah. Good. Mailed Good, cool. I, I had, there's two more cards that came in this week. I forgot, I forgot about, well, they're sitting here. I don't know why I missed them, but, um, these were, these were a part of a trade I did with, I did with a buddy of mine. And uh, the first, this is a 2017 Opeachy Platinum Orange Checkers out of 25 of Connor McDavid. So pretty, pretty cool card. This is our, for anyone, you know, who's not a hockey, if you're a basketball or a football guy, this is kind of like the hockey version of Prism in terms of being shiny chrome-like and having, you know, a ton of, uh, well, not a ton, but several parallels. And, you know, this is the Orange Checkers, as I mentioned, and it's out of 25. So pretty cool card for the McDavid insert collection or parallel, I guess. And then speaking of Evgeny Malkin, this card, this might be his nicest card, like his nicest non one of one. This is a 2014, 15, the cup emblems of endorsements of Malkin out of 15. And I say, cause look at those. I mean, for the emblems of endorsements are always beautiful, but the patches on this are just ridiculous. 
that is a ridiculous patch, especially that top one. What what's going on there? Is that a number or like a? No, it's part of a. It, it would be part of some special commemorative patch. I, I would have someone in the in the in the chat might know. I don't know what it is yeah. off the top of my head, but Again. I've seen it before. So yeah. you know, it'd be one of those oh yeahs when someone told me what it was. But just a just a great card. So those are the those are the uh, the new cards that arrived at my in, in my possession this week. Uh, about seven seven cards or so. And it's fun to share these on after hours and just kind of go through my 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 arrivals of the week. I'm gonna do some comment. Oh, go ahead, Joe. Then I'm gonna go to comments. Uh, why don't you go to comments and 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 sure. come back? This this is slightly different. I wanted to show one other thing connected to Peter's show and and. Okay, good. I'll do comments and we'll do that. Rem and make sure you remind me if I forget that we're gonna do that. So, uh, this is a comment from Bobby Burrell going back to the talk about uh, whether or not. You know, we're going to see another player like Gretzky. He says, super stacked team for Edmonton made Gretzky that much better. Add on the 1980s. Hard to re re recreate the scenario, which I think is exactly right. He had an amazing team between one of the best offensive defensemen of all time and Paul Coffey. He had one of, you know, he had a winger by the name, uh, a Finnish gentleman by the name of Yari Curry, who is a Hall of Famer, an amazing player in and of himself. And uh, he was Gretzky's line mate for many years. He had Mark Messier, who's an icon. So yeah, I agree with what Bobby says there. Irving picked up a Crosby Diamond Club Auto. It came into his shop, had to get it. Congrats, Irving. And uh, go to Monero Sports Cards when you're in LA. I didn't make it last time, but I'll make it next time, Irving. Daniel says, loving the Battle of Alberta, 80s hockey. Edmonton boy says, let's go Oilers. I'll say, I'll, I'll say that, I'll say, let's go Flames. It's funny. So I was picking up dinner for my wife and I at a, at a restaurant tonight. Um, and I'm in there, I'm sitting, I'm waiting for my food. I'm kind of sitting on, I'm just like sitting up on the counter waiting for it, looking at my phone and somebody walks in, he goes, Jeremy. I go, oh, hey, it's a guy I work with actually. And we're talking and he goes, I didn't know you were an Oilers fan. I go, I'm not an Oilers fan. I'm a Flames fan. He goes, well, your shirt. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm wearing I'm wearing Oilers on my on my person right now, but I'm like I go I'm not a fan of the Oilers. I'm a fan of the Wayne Gretzky rookie card. Big difference. So don't don't call me out on this show for wearing the Oilers on me. But uh, that, that was pretty funny. Uh, Rich Barone says, "Will Joe be at the Expo? I don't think you will be, will you?" No, uh, I've had a couple people ask me that, and um, regretfully, I I will not. Um... There is there is a California show, uh, Burbank, end of August, right? End of August. So um, those those uh, my my Canadian brethren and sisters and everyone else, I hope y'all can make it down. I think that'll be a wonderful show. I was talking actually to uh, Rob about that, and they're they're pretty psyched to have it so close to and and you know L.A. is just full of amazing. Um, card folks, you know, not only businesses, but, um, you know, personalities and the hobby, you know, Carvin's down there, um, all, all kinds of, uh, really cool FD love that show. You guys did the other night, got a little history from, from, from your perspective of your origin story, but, uh, yeah, I won't be at the expo Yeah, <laughs> to wrap that up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to come down to the to the Burbank show in uh, in California at the end of August. We'll we'll see. I, I'd love to come there. And because really, I think LA, you know, SoCal is really a hobby hotbed, right? Like it, it truly is. So I'd, I'd like to come down there. Uh, Edmonton boy says, love the Oakland Athletics shirt, Joe. 
I want to go to, uh, it is cool, man. I want to, Daniel asks a really fun question. I'm going to, we're going to pose it to you. Joe, what cutoff year is considered vintage to you? Where do you, where does vintage, vintage end for you? What year? Um, I, I pretty much align with the old Beckett reckoning, which uh, I believe is 79. Um, and, and, you know, that's mostly in the realm of, of, of baseball since they were, you know, baseball was sort of the major part. Um, you could make an argument that 72 to 73 um, where they stopped having, uh, actually, I think it was 75 might've been the last year of high numbers um, and, and, you know, high numbers for those who don't know, you know, they, they would, the release, um, the companies would bring by the product. And if, if say your 7-Eleven, you know, was still stocked with top baseball, they would say, no, thanks. And so a lot of those high numbers never got released, um, you know, in the same quantity. Um, I, I, but I, I'd say around, you know, 1980, let's just say 1980. Well, that's exactly what Mark Santucci said. For me, it's 89. I mean, I, I'm that, that's how that's what works for me in my hobby approach because I feel that um, things really didn't change in, in the cards between 80 and, and 89 or 88, I guess. And then 89, you got Upper Deck coming in and they totally changed the game. No more gum, no more wax, paper. It, it totally changed. But anyway, I think that's uh, that's one of those things that no one's ever going to be able to, No one, we're never going to get uh, consensus on that. And that's okay. It's still fun to talk about. Uh, back up here, though, uh, Rich mentioned that he apparently won the Bathgate from me at the last uh, PWCC Sunday Weekly. Well, congratulations to you, uh, Rich, and I hope you enjoy that card. And uh, thanks for thanks for buying it. And when you if you if you do the PSA set, Rich, and you're going to add it, um, add it, and that, they'll send me a notification. And I'll take it out if I don't remember to do that myself ahead of time. Mark Santucci says, does Joe like Raleigh Fingers, Mr. October from any years in the 70s? Does he like George Brett, Mike Schmidt? Um, yes, 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 and yes. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my mom actually sold Reggie Jackson plants, if you can believe that, in Oakland <laughs> in, the, in the early 70s. So um, he gave us a few free tickets um, when I was a kid. So I definitely like um, Reggie Jackson. Uh, you know, Raleigh Fingers, too, with the mustache, the, um, you know, iconic um, and and pretty much um, set the gold standard for a relief pitcher quite early um, in, in baseball history. And then, um, you know, George Brett was kind of the, the enemy. I respected him, but um, we were always battling with him in the 70s, you know, in terms of the A's versus the Royals. And then Mike Schmidt, you know, didn't have a whole lot of connection. Had his rookie card and set, you know, the '73 Schmidt stay, but not, not, um, not particularly. You know, he was an amazing player. And and back when home runs really meant something, I mean, I, he was he was constantly leading the league in home runs. So, uh, respect both Schmidt and Brett, but not really fan. I just I got to go back to the uh, this this uh, Reggie Jackson. Um, that's the guy from the Naked Gun movies, right? <laughs> just kidding i know reggie uh, go ahead no go ahead you go ahead uh, moving along rich barone says national in ac uh rich i will be there it is in ac we will see you there my friend uh and actually rich i'm actually flying into new york we just booked the flight today my wife's coming with me we're flying into new york i gotta sneeze hold on <laughs> excuse me <laughs> thank you that just came out of nowhere 
I'm flying into New York and then I got to find my way to Atlantic City, Rich. Maybe I can uh, carpool with you. That'd be fun. Lapper says Malkin is so underrated in the hobby, undervalued in the hobby. He certainly is. And Rich says Emblems of Endorsements is one of the best subsets each year in Upper Decks the Cup. And I, I agree. It's it's a beautiful subset pretty much every year. Uh, hockey guy says, does Joe think the A's will get the stadium done in Oakland? I don't. don't I mean, know. it's just, it's just a, a bit of a cluster. I can't say that I am entirely informed, but my general sense is, and it's sad, but um, my general sense is that there won't be enough of a, a groundswell to, to finance it. That's what it comes down to is who's so, paying for it. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anthony George, been a while since I could catch a live. Thanks, guys. Great show. Thank you, Anthony George. Good to have you back. Purple Hay says, I got to go Koufax in vintage. Yeah. I mean, same here. Love yeah. standing Koufax. No. I mean, Koufax works for a lot of reasons, including, you know, that Dodger blue, one team. Um, maybe, I, I mean, feel free. I know Hank Greenberg, but feel free to name a better Jewish more more known Jewish baseball player. Um, I'm sure there's a few I'm forgetting, but Koufax, you know, was observing, you know, Jewish rituals like in the time when he was playing. So that that's pretty significant. And and the eye he passes the eye test. You know, that's one of the things when I, I don't I I do not like comparing eras because I think it's so impossible. But I think there's certain players you can look back on and say, like how good was that guy? And it's like you watch Sandy Koufax pitch. He was he was throwing gas, and he was you know he he was a crafty pitcher. So um, a lot of respect for Koufax and that fifty five rookie card is sweet. sweet for sure. I I have one and I absolutely love it. Justin Bode, what is going on? Long long time no see. Hello to you. And Richie Barone calls out Nolan Ryan. The what do they call him? The Texas Express, something like that. Was that his nickname? Sounds about Ryan, the Ryan Express. Ryan Express, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, Nolan Ryan to me is one of the, you know, listen, I, I'm not a, a humongous baseball fan, but from what I know and what I've seen, and I was a pretty big baseball fan in the 80s and the first half of the 90s, um, Nolan Ryan to me is one of the best pitchers of all time. And uh, unfortunately, his rookie card comes with uh, Jerry Koosman as well. So you don't get that, that you know, full dedication of the card of that eight and a quarter square inches to the one player, but you get, what's that? Four and uh, four and 4.125 square inches of them. So that, that's something. Anthony George calls out Bob Gibson and his, what is it? His 58 tops, a rookie card with the pink background is a beauty. 59. Is it fit? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Nice cards. It's always fun to, it's, it's, it's like, hey, I, I used to be so good at knowing you name a player, I know their rookie year because yep. I know their card and yep. I can picture it. But you go back to like 2017 forward in hockey, I I don't have that in my mind anymore. I can't keep track anymore of who's in what set. And it's because the cards all look very similar. Like young guns, they change, but they don't change that much. Whereas in the 80s and the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, the card designs changed dramatically year to year. It made it easier to distinguish. Look at Prism. How can you tell Prism apart one year to the next? It's basically very similar in design. Minor, minor sort of changes. Just my thoughts. Just my thoughts. Nolan, yeah, that was a big, that was a great fight, says Ed C. When Robin Ventura 
uh, didn't Robin Ventura charge the mound on Nolan Ryan and Nolan Ryan just like just tuned him like so funny junkyard goat hunter says 5,000 strikeouts and not a single Cy Young is that is that a is that a mistake or should he have won one I I, I can't yeah. answer that We've had some pretty heated arguments in the clubhouse about Nolan Ryan. I mean, because some people really have a hard time, you know, working through like his wins and losses. Um, you know, the fact that he never really played on a, a pre-M. Well, there was the the Mets early in his career, but um, our friend Eric Myers, he he uh, he he's a big Nolan Ryan guy. And, and, you know, getting back to that eye test, if you, if you ever saw Ryan pitch in person and you actually witnessed how hard he threw, it's, it's really, I mean, and obviously there's more to pitching than just throwing hard, but he, he had such a um, dominance and somebody meant, you know, the 5k strikeouts. Um, it, it, it's sort of a confluence of how the sport of baseball works. You know, it's not like, say basketball where, you know, you're one fifth, you're, you know, there's only five players on the, the floor at a time. You can have a much greater impact, right? If you're, you know, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, you know, Steph Curry, but um, you know, baseball depends on, you know, offense, defense, pitching. It's, it's a much more complicated and complex sport in that regard. So um, any single human, even if they are, um, Mike Trout, even if they're Mike Trout, even if they're Mike Trout, is it, it's not always going to equate to you know we're all enchanted with rings now and and all that. But anyway, good point, junkyard. Good point. So more points coming out on this. Uh, Rich says it was the head. Yeah, the headlock he put him, and that's right. Uh, Lapper says I feel like you're wrong, Jeremy. I'm not sure there has ever been a punch thrown in baseball. Rich Barone says <laughs> from a hockey guy. Is that from yeah. a hockey guy? Yeah. Rich says Ryan never played for a real team, but he did have 21 hitters and what, like seven no hitters or something like that. Like the guy was a machine and to never win a Cy Young, it does seem it, it, it feels criminal that he never won a Cy Young like that was that he deserves a Cy Young on his resume. They look at the one loss and he was, all, he was, he seemed to be generally be like somewhere in the, you know, 15 and nine range or like 17 and 12 range or you know, sometimes even closer to 500. So it wasn't as impressive um, as like Steve Carlton or, you know, whomever it was was taking the award at that time. Right, right, right. A couple comments about Kershaw. Daniel says he has had a very special career. I wonder how he will be remembered. Such a great, consistent pitcher. And then Junkyard says Kershaw, probably the best of our era. This is after I was a baseball fan. I don't, I don't, I know the name. I don't even know what uh, is his first name, Justin. Uh, Clayton. Thank you. Well, two, two, uh, two, two uh, syllables at least, and uh, I had that part right. And uh, but I don't even know what team the guy plays for or what teams he's ever played for. So I don't, I can't speak to Kershaw. Um, I, so I, I got nothing to say. But before I go to you on that, hockey guy says Kershaw is one of the modern greats, along with Scherzer. I know his name, first name is Max, but. I mean, that's all I know is that you guys tell me these are these are two of the all-time greats. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on Kershaw? I mean, he's a gamer. Um, I'm glad he broke through. You know, the Dodgers broke through. Um, I'm an A's fan, so I'm a Giants fan at times as well. So I, I'm not massively, you know, in the know and or a fanboy of, of, of Dodger players in a general sense. So 
Um, but yeah. Hockey guy's probably right right here, saying I'm probably thinking of Justin Verlander, who is a name that I am familiar with. And I'm also familiar with CC Sabathia. What does Daniel say? Sat many times behind home plate. The sound of Sabathia's pitches hitting the catcher's mitt during his Cleveland days were like nothing I ever heard. That's a nice experience right there. Rich is saying, what are you trying to get involved in baseball talk here, Jeremy? You're a hockey guy. Fair enough, Rich. Fair enough. I should stick to my lane. <laughs> well, unless it's Ken Griffey. I mean, we. I, I think you could probably speak a little to Ken Griffey's. Uh... I, can, I can speak to baseball up until around 95. I can speak yeah. to baseball, you know, yeah. and then after that, I just kind of don't. I, I know I know Mike Trout, but I just know that he's great. That's all I know. Yeah. I don't I don't watch him. I, I don't I'm not really interested. I don't I'm not interested in watching baseball right now. I prefer the history of baseball to the current. Well, that's a nice segue. You asked me to let you know if we're gonna get back and there were there were I I went looking around, two cards got mentioned in the uh the episode with Peter, which was again fantastic. If you guys didn't get a chance to see that, go back and watch that. But um, the first we were talking about the, and you know, I have my big bangers in the safety deposit box. So these are just things I keep around close to me to like, you know, just display in my home. But um, the first one we were talking about the Walter Johnson portrait, this is the hands, the glove at chest issue. And as everybody pointed out, the portraits are are more desirable. And yet, you know, they're, th these these ones I, I still think bring, and this one's been chewed by a rat or something. It's, it's authentic, but um, it's, it's definitely uh, been through, um, you know, the, the great depression of the twenties, maybe, you know, post-war 30, like God knows what story this has, but a rat was hungry at some point. And then the other one that got mentioned was the, uh, the 38 Gaudi heads up card, which you were, um, you were mentioning with the DiMaggio. I don't have the DiMaggio handy, but I do have this this Greenberg, which I mentioned earlier, um, you know, as a sort of iconic uh, uh, Hall of Famer. It's got the the problem with the um, surface there, with a little bit of um, you know paper loss. paper loss on on the hat, unfortunately. But it's still it's it's a great card to kind of just have around. You know, you get the. You guys were talking about this on the show the other night with the mantle. I think it was the fifty one mantle natural toning. You know, and and the feeling of the natural toning and how like it almost shouldn't count against a card. It's almost just the the process of oxygen and paper over the span of you know seventy years, seventy five, a hundred years. Like it would it would it would be unreasonable to think that it wouldn't happen. So you know, we we've talked about how you know, specific cards, you know, maybe the Gretzky rookie with the jagged edge, like certain, certain grading companies may have different approaches to that. But to me, like with regards to toning of these older cards, it's like, yeah, there's going to be some fairly immaculate copies where you're just like, how did that happen? But a little natural toning, I love it. Yeah, same here. I, I like my vintage cards to have toning. I do not want them to look like they're Freshly pack pulled. It just doesn't feel right to me. Joe, that uh, the was it was it the Matthewson that had the rat chew out of it? Uh, it uh, Walter Johnson. It was. Johnson. Can yeah. you can you send me a scan? Of that? I want to change. Like I very quickly whipped up a YouTube thumbnail for our episode after the last one. Yeah. And I just I always use the Golden State Warriors logo for you because you're. But I want to put that card on there instead. Can you, you send me a, a good picture or, or a scan even of that card? And I want to put that up as the. Uh, 
as, as a decorative item on the YouTube thumbnail for this episode we're doing right now. Uh, here's a question for you, Joe, from my buddy Rich. He says, dead cuts. What's Joe's thoughts? Because Rich Barone is a big collector of dead. He, I love how he says it. He almost says it like I'm mad at you for dying. What do you collect, Richie? Dead cuts. Dead cuts. Dead cuts. I collect dead cuts. And then he looks at you like, it dares you to have one almost. Like, you got some? Or... Anyway, he wants to know, what are your thoughts on cut autographs of, of players who have passed away? I think it depends on how badly I want the autograph. Um, you know, I, I've been I've been shopping um, for a satchel page autograph for a while now. And, you know, um, if I found the right one, uh, I'd, I'd go for it. I, I can't say that I'm preternaturally disposed to, to you know, think that that's uh, the ideal way to have the auto presented. Um, but in, in particularly rare cards where, you know, you might have a company, you know, um, you know, accessing uh, a piece of a letter, a check, um, and there and there's very few others available. Um, you know, it comes down to well, do you want the autograph? Because there might not be another way to get it. So um, I, I guess aesthetically, I'm not a big fan of dead cuts. But if it's you know, cool Papa Bell, and the only way I'm gonna get an autograph of cool Papa Bell is you know somebody had him sign a book and so you know upper deck bought the uh the book and then you know excavated it and put it on a card then maybe i'll like dead cuts okay good answer and and an in-depth answer as well and thank you rich for a question for joe any other questions for joe guys put them in the chat please 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 uh daniel says love those old cards i wish they could speak you know <clears throat> me too like that's one of the coolest What's well, one of the coolest things we'll never know about many of the cards that we own is whose hands they pass through over the period of up to 140. I have one card in my collection that's 100 and let's see, let me do the math quickly. 112 and 22. What's that? 134 years old. Like, what the heck? I have a card that's been in exit. It was printed 134 years ago. How many people's hands have that traveled through? How many? How many cities, states, countries have they tra has that card traveled through? Who owned it? What like that is that is the the thing that we'll just never know about these cards, and only they know them, and they don't even know them. So, you know, any comments on that line of thought? Uh, I, I I think I'll throw some cards on the screen that might fit that bill. This is um, we've all heard Tinkers to Evers to Chance, the famous Chicago Cubs you know, double play trio. Well, here's Evers and Chance. Um, and I pulled these out as Peter was talking because, um, you know, he was just bringing me back. And again, you know, I've, I've, I've got some big bangers. Um, they're, they're not in my house because I just choose to keep them in safes. But um, these were, this is the E91 issue. Um, and then this is the uh, standard Carmel 1910 issue. And you can see these are ones. This is a 1.5 from the now defunct but beloved uh, Global Authentic, uh, and it's a, a, a fair 1.5. But yeah, I mean, the this someone asked me earlier what I collect. I spent a lot of time collecting this kind of vintage from roughly maybe like about 2008 to about 2015. I was pretty big into tobacco cards, so it's picking up as many. And of course, I you know I agree that. 
the the Walter Johnson portrait card um, with the yellow background. Do you have one of those, Jeremy? No, no. We got to boost you up on your on your T two hundred six. You've got the Cobb. I've never owned a T two hundred six. What? I know. I know. It's unbelievable, right? Like, where would you start? Like, what what would be your first move? It would be a Ty Cobb red red background portrait. Peter yeah. was pretty convincing. I have to admit, I as soon as he said that to uh, whoever asked that question, um, I was like, oh yeah, what are the reds and greens, and what is the price variation on those? Um, yeah, I don't know what it is relative to each other, but I know that the greens sell for you know it's a significant premium over the reds, which to me is like a great reason to buy the red. It's yeah. more affordable. It's just as nice, if not nicer. I mean, well, I love it. And and knowing you and 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 myself as well, you'd be buying it in a PSA slab, and so the red and the red would look good together. Yeah, color match to the to the to the grading company label, I guess, if that means anything. But it it helps it to present a little bit better, I suppose. But uh, yeah, yeah, that that's where I would start. I've wanted one for a while. I can and Rich Barone, he throws Wagner out there. Rich actually has a Wagner. Really? Yeah, he does. He does. Just, I think it's a, what is it, Rich? It's like a PSA one or something, or is it an authentic? I don't remember a 1.5, but Rich, Rich has one of the, uh, he has one of the Wagners. So you mentioned green and, and this is not a particularly, uh, you know, amazing card, but we, we talked about the standard Carmel um, and, and Peter allowed that that of the ones that I've sort of mentioned in the chat was one that he found to be the most interesting. This is Rube Waddell, um, not in a particularly good grade, but um, I have a couple of these cards. Um, I think I have a three and then I have another like one. So it, it's not my only one. The thing I love about this card, I mean, along with the story of Rube Waddell, which if you don't know, you could go read about. Um, he was an interesting dude, but I just love the um, the green. Um, you know the, what? We we can't see it. It's just, it's so hard to show cards on on yeah. Dreamyard. We can't even see the green, but it's a deep deep green, and it, and it just like the color alone, and it's it's it it's a little bit um like there's a spectrum of green that's run through the natural printing of it. The saturation, I guess, is is um the the term, and it's just gorgeous. Like regard, I mean. Rube Waddell, Hall of Famer, you know, but like the card itself is just one of those ones where like, and and not too easy to find either. So no. anyway, that, that's the kind of stuff I really, that's why tonight's episode was so special to me. Like I really loved that Peter was um, in the know of all that stuff and um, that the hobby is still alive in that area is, is encouraging and, and super positive. Yeah. The hobby is definitely still alive and thriving, despite what some narratives might try and push your way. Uh, I'm going to go to a few comments here. We're going to wrap up pretty quick. I, we've, we've been on over an hour already. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, Rock Latex said, the knock on Nolan Ryan is that he walked too many batters, too many base runners allowed. And he had some wild pitches because he was, he was trying to hit the players themselves, but he missed a few times, right? Daniel says, didn't Satchel pitch, didn't Satchel page pitched three shout-out innings when he was like 60 years old for the Royals. I can't confirm nor deny that. Paul Weber says, I have multiple cool Papa autos from a St. Louis from a St. Louis uh, card shop owner collection where he lived. Happy to cut a deal for Joe. Very cool. Rich Brown confirms that his uh, Honus Wagner T206 is a PSA 1. I mean, 
any any Honus Wagner is a an just amazing the one, just a one just a one just a one. Daniel says, "What year were the Black Swamp baseball cards? I think were they not T two hundred sixes? Yeah, the Black Swamp. Fine, nineteen oh nine to nineteen eleven. Yeah. Grotman cards in the house. What is up, Grot? I don't even know if it's Grotman, Grotman. I just know that we're communicating a lot, and it's great to see you on the show." Jake's Toe says, does Joe buy any high-grade base cards? I still buy PSA 10 Griffey's Junk Wax just because I like them. Do you, Joe? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, so I was going to show this. Uh, I, I Sometimes I like to crack a little bit of wax, and uh, I got a first-off-the-line Origins basketball so it's it's not a, a base card, but it's a it's a Cade Cunningham, you know, number one draft pick, uh, rookie quick, card. Quick good night to Daniel. Thanks for seeing. Thanks for joining. We'll see you in Toronto, buddy. Sorry, Joe. Yeah. So so like of modern kind of standard issues, like I like the um, sort of parallels, I guess that are that are low pop. This is one of three. Um, pretty nice card with the swirl there going on, but. Anyway, yeah, not 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 a whole lot of that, um, but a little bit. Uh, thanks for clarifying. It's Grop. I guess Gropman is better than Grope, Gropman. So, <laughs> uh, thank you uh, for clarifying that. That's good to know. Information Man Show. What's going on? Hello to you. Welcome to the show. And uh, Purple Hay says, Joe, do you collect any non-sport cars? Well, I know, I know what Joe. I know Joe collects a bit. Talk a bit about that, Joe. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's um, definitely like classic rock. I mean, Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Beatles, all those would be um, cards that I'd be interested in. Um, I can never pronounce it right, so Jeremy, help me out. Sam Scar. Sam, Sam I don't know how to pronounce it either, but it's spelled it's it's spelled you Sam Sam Larsaker, and that's Sam uh, that's a Swedish word for collectible, I believe, and that's uh, you'll see those on on a lot of 60s and 70s cards uh, for, uh, you know, music cards, uh, Hollywood celebrity cards. They're, they're out of, they're really called, it's called like the 1974 Swedish. And then yep. it'll say Sam Larsaker down below on the, on the, on the PSA label. And I'm, and I'm very interested, you know, what I haven't really pulled the trigger on much, but like, you know, Snoop Dogg, Jay-Z, like anybody modern, that has contemporary relevance um i'm interested in i think you know we know carvin's been um working with the weekend and i think he'll probably target a few more you know um really contemporary relevant uh, uh, uh artists um in the near future and so i i just see that as a a wonderful um area territory frontier for people because you know, I, I, I think we can all agree that, you know, culture and and music um, means something to people and, and the nostalgia that's there for them will probably make those items appealing down the road. I, I'm with you. You know, I went on my uh, my my music and celebrity card uh, binge about a year ago and I've added I actually added my first Jimi Hendrix card like a month ago. Oh, I bought it at the Mint. Actually, I bought my Jimmy card at the Mint. It was one of two cards I picked up there. And so, yeah, I, I like a lot of that stuff as well. It's fun. It's culturally relevant. It's historical. And it's it's some good music, too, that those uh, those uh, artists pumped out back in the day. Um, 
Brendan Ryan says, I'm surprised more celebrity card collectors don't have their names on PSA labels like the Gretzky Wagner. Hmm. Yeah, who, what's his name again uh, that had the big collection, the baseball player? Not, uh, was it Albert Bell? Who had the, a baseball player had the huge collection? It wasn't, I don't think it was Albert, who was it? Someone will know, hockey guy will know. Who had that? He had a collection of all PSA 10s, all Hall of Fame baseball players, and his name is now on those cards, and, and he sold them all. You sometimes see them now on the market, which is, but I, I agree with Brendan Ryan. Like, there's there, Dimitri Young. I knew I knew hockey guy would know. It was the Dimitri Young collection, and it's his name is on those labels. Not Phil Hughes. No, not Phil Hughes. He just, he, he's a breaker nowadays, I think. But yeah, Todd Rhodes knew as well that it's uh, Dimitri Young. Michael McGovern also knew it was Dimitri. Thank you, guys. I saw that. When PSA had that collection on display at their booth at the National like 10 years ago, I remember just like gazing at that and being like, wow, imagine owning any one of these cards in here. Dimitri Young owns them all, but he switched. He has since sold them off. So, uh, but yeah, I think that makes sense because that's provenance. And it's also a, it's also a little bit of a value add because these, these celebrities are brands. Imagine if Drake... He has his three Michael Jordan uh, rookies now. He's going to get them graded. He, sh he should put the Drake collection on there. That would add value to them down the road, especially since when it was broke, when they came out, you have a do you have documentation of them coming out on, on Ken Golden's Instagram, all that stuff. That's pretty cool. Uh, Rich Brown says, you think Panini is getting a little too crazy with inserts? I think it's, listen, I, I can't really speak to inserts because I don't know much about Panini's inserts right now, but it's the parallels really where I think Rich... I think you're you're really me meaning the parallels. Correct me if I'm wrong. And do I think they're getting a little crazy? I mean, if there's over 50 in, uh, parallels of each set, then I think it's crazy. But if there's a market for it and it does help differentiate, you know, basically you take a million cards and you, you you divide it by 60. Now you've got you know fewer of each card out there. But a lot of people say, well, overall there's still like a million of these cards. So. I know I'm, it's getting late. I'm, I'm rambling a bit, but hope that made some somewhat made some sense. Al Guido. Hey, welcome. I finally made it to a live stream. Great info. Awesome. Glad to have you for a live stream, Al. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining. Hockey guy. I purchased an Ace Frehley rookie a while back as well. Cool. The drummer from Kiss, I believe the drummer, right? Yeah. Hey, Jeremy, before, before we go, I know you're rolling towards the close, but I just want to get who's going to win the uh, Stanley Cup this year. I just want to get you on record. No. <laughs> no? It's too, it's too – man, all the teams left are really good. Every team left has a shot, I would say, every single one. Like, Including your team? Oh, yeah, my team's definitely a contender. You don't want to be bold or you don't want to jinx them? Neither. Neither. I just don't know. It's – I mean, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs are a grind. It's a battle. Like, you have to win 16 games. It, you, know, you know, I know basketball is similar, right? You have to win 16 games to get there. It's not easy. And you're getting beat up every single night. It's not like these prima donna basketball players who might might twist an ankle, you know? Like, no. These guys, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, of course. The hot... Yeah, it, it's a rough game. You know, it's basically yeah. it's almost football on football on skates at a much faster speed, right? So yeah. it's tough. Shout can, out to them. Can you can you give me at least a possible matchup in the Stanley Cup sure. final? Sure. Tampa Bay Cal Tampa Calgary. Tampa Calgary, K 
Carolina, Calgary, uh, Colorado, Carolina, Colorado, Florida, Colorado, Tampa. I don't think the Rangers are going to get there. So I like the first one, Tampa, Calgary. Tampa, that would be a rematch of 19, uh, sorry, of 2004. Okay. Well, that would be a rematch. So hopefully it goes Calgary's way uh, this time if that happens. Okay, I'm going to run through the comments and we'll just kind of end this. Rich Barone says music is a tough industry to get a card set together because of the labels. Yeah, and he'd know he worked uh, with Aerosmith for many years. Purple Haze, non-sport. I'm getting a few top 69 Man on the Moon cards. That's pretty cool. Hockey guy, his family is still selling stuff off from the collection. That would be Dimitri Young. Michael McGovern says the gold Jeter rookie is for sale on eBay for $25,000. Oh, like the Tops gold, I guess you mean. It's wow. a $2,500 card. Okay. Lapper says 400 plus modern football and basketball rookie cards with the parallels is a bit much. It, it is a lot. Uh, Ace's guitar. Thank you. Peter Chris is the drummer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for straightening me out on that. Hockey guy, I hope for Tampa Bay Lightning versus Colorado in the finals. Okay, you're banned. You're banned. Just kidding. Kisses tear. I'm not sure what you mean there. Calgary, yes. And everyone except Carolina, the Rangers, and Edmonton, says Lapper, in the finals. Well, that would include Tampa, Calgary. So, okay. Guys, we're going we're gonna to end it. We're an hour 15, but there are still uh, over 60 of you watching. So that's the, that's a great, great crowd for this late, for uh, 1.30 in the morning on the eastern uh, seaboard over there. But um, Joe, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Well, good. Man, thanks. thanks. Uh, yeah. Have thanks to for, uh, some time. I, uh, I, I love my Saturday nights with Sports Cards Live. Well, thanks for being a part of it tonight. This was fun. I'm glad you did. Thanks to everybody in the chat who joined for the late show. And if you did for the early show, thank you for that as well. Next Saturday on Sports Cards Live, we have Spinatron joining the show. Legend. A legend. A hobby. Yeah, I don't even know who this guy is, but like everybody talks. Well, I'm sure if you talk to Spinatron or Spinatron yeah. has that. I mean, it's like everybody's like it all comes back to Spinatron. Exactly. <laughs> is it is Jordan and uh, he's super, he's got a modern, rare, he's got rare 90s basketball insert sets, like, like all the essential credentials. And he, he's got, an, he's got a top tier collection, maybe one of the best in the world. No joke. He's coming on to talk about collecting. That's wow. next Saturday, guys. If you're not following Joe on Instagram, you've seen his IG handle streaming across the bottom for the last hour at Cali Dreamin. 84 because he is a cali guy joe was surfing earlier today meanwhile no there was no snow up here in uh, calgary today but uh, i want to thank joe for joining this was fun joe you'll hang tight let's you say good night to purple haze thank you so much we'll catch you next time rich barone good to see you good night brendan ryan good night michael mcgovern good night junkyard goat hunters richie we'll see you in a couple weeks in toronto and lapper we'll see you there too guys this week is over. I will be streaming on the channel tomorrow, 7 o'clock Eastern, on, uh, on the show Collectible Live, which is now going to be on my channel versus theirs. Come on down and watch that tomorrow, 7 o'clock Eastern. And again, Spinatron next week. If not, though, have a great week and look forward to seeing everybody in Toronto and, of course, Atlantic City afterwards. Fellow Fireball, thank you very much. Santucci, great to see you. And, yes, we'll see you at Expo, Richie. This one is over. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.